Welcome back to the Euketropolis Podcast. I'm your host, James Hill. This week, we'll investigate why it is that the ukulele is better at dancing than it is at singing. And we'll also talk about ways of bringing out the lyrical side of the ukulele, perhaps in spite of itself. The episodes in this season of the podcast are being recorded live on the first Thursday of every month. And I would love it if you'd join us for the next live taping session. It's completely free to attend. And if you want more information, go to euketropolis.com slash podcast. Now let's get right into this week's episode, Song and Dance. The first question comes from a conversation I was having with a student named Deb. And Deb is working on Spring Song, which is a a piece by the classical composer Felix Mendelssohn. And uh, it's really, honestly, one of the most beautiful ukulele melodies that that I've ever played. I'll I'll play a little bit for you here so you get the, the, the feeling of it. This is part of the ukulele way, which is all about playing the chords but also the melodies at the same time. And Deb is enjoying this piece, but she was a bit confused by something that I think is very understandable. And I think many people would get confused by this thing. And so I kind of want to dig in on that, um, both for Deb's sake and also for your sake, if you're listening and you've found yourself in a finger twister before. So here's a little bit of spring song so you get the picture. It goes like this. melodic, very low-key, the kind of piece that you play after a busy day at work. Sounds even better when I'm in tune. (laughs) That has got to be in tune when I get to the top there. This whole lead-up is kind of a promise. It's like... I promise that when I get to the top note, it's going to be in tune. So it's got to be in tune. So like I was saying, this is the kind of piece you play after a long day at work. It's so soothing and melodic and lyrical, which is something we don't often explore with the ukulele. The ukulele is so good at rhythmic stuff. You know, it's so good at that kind of... um, uh, groovy strumming and, and uh, singing and playing, we don't often give the ukulele enough credit for the, its lyrical side. And maybe we shy away from it because it's a little more challenging to make the ukulele sing than it is to make the ukulele dance. Ukulele loves to dance. It loves to do a little soft shoe, do a little tap dance, but it doesn't always love to sing. 
It loves to accompany us while we're singing, but when we ask the ukulele to sing, mm, it can be a little shy. And it, it um, requires, I think, two things um, in order to get this singing lyrical quality. It requires us to have some real strength in the hand, particularly the fretting hand, and also to do a bit of planning. <laughs> That's the part that I'm not super keen on. I'm more of a spontaneous person. I like to figure things out as I go. So the idea of planning a, a route through the fretboard ahead of time, uh, you know, it feels like it feels like planning for a camping trip. You know, I just I just want to figure it out as I go. The problem when you leave the planning to the moment is that every once in a while you will find yourself in a pickle <laughs> like a fretboard pickle and it's too much to figure out on the fly and there's one moment like that here that Deb and I have been talking about I'm not going to read Deb's question because it's actually more of an ongoing exchange between us about fingerings meaning which fingers of the fretting hand play which notes at what time? You know, that's what fingering is all about. And specifically, this little moment here, where it goes from G minor to this D7 chord. And if you want to play along with me, the, the, the chords here are not that difficult. It's a G minor. I'm playing that as 3, 2, 3, and then nothing on the A string. Remember, these are the names of the frets from the ceiling down to the floor as I play. So like a C chord would be zero, 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 three. Well, the chord I'm playing right now is three, two, three, and then nothing. I'm just not even playing the A string. It kind of looks like a G7 in the wrong place. And it's getting from that chord to a D7 chord at the 5th fret. That's straight across on the 5th fret, plus the middle finger on the 6th fret of the C string. If you've played that one before, you'll know how it feels. It's a bar chord at the 5th fret. Now, these kind of fingering questions and the, the planning and the strength move this, uh, that we're talking about here, these really affect you once you get past the fifth fret. One of my one of my favorite expressions that I heard from Marianne Brogan years ago is she says, there is life above the fifth fret. <laughs> it's like, yes, I believe there is life out there above the fifth fret. The truth is out there and it probably lives above the fifth fret, you know. There are many frets above the fifth fret. And you know what? You paid good money for all those frets. So why not get up into the, into the dusty frets and, and see what you can discover? I think it's great. I highly encourage you to take that trip above the fifth fret. There might just be life up there. But as you go higher and go beyond that fifth fret marker... You will find, I think, this is my prediction anyway, that it's it's a little easier to get up the ladder than it is to get down the ladder. I find this in my own playing, that 
actually shifting up the neck into the higher reaches is once I get over the mental block of actually getting out of the, the comfort of the first three frets, once I get it, it, it's actually not so bad. Where I do run into trouble and where you may be running into trouble in your ukulele life is jumping back down the ladder and landing on two feet. That tends to be the trickier part. It's the dismount that gets you. But here, play this with me. We've got G minor going to D7. And there's a little note in between that connects. You hear that melody? Just like that. Now, unfortunately, it's that little in-between note that ends up being the fly in the ointment. If I try to play that note, which is B flat, in the place where I just naturally think of playing it, which is first finger on the first fret of the first string, if I play it there, I've kind of not checkmated myself, but pretty close. Because how am I going to get from a first finger on the first fret of the first string all the way up to the fifth fret and straight across with the same finger? It's unlikely I'm going to hit that smoothly nine or ten times out of ten. I, I might hit it once in a while, but that is a very difficult, slinky kind of a move to make. So here's where we have to lean on our uh, on our knowledge of where notes are on the fretboard. If you run into trouble in your ukulele life, one of your first questions should be, could I play that note anywhere else? You don't have to think about anything more than that. Just like, is this note possible anywhere else on the fretboard? You don't have to know any music theory or chords or scales or anything, just think to yourself, could I find that note somewhere else? And just by shaking things up and putting a note on a different string, you may find a pathway that has less friction. So although my first instinct was to play that B flat note in, you know, my favorite spot, first finger on the first fret of the first string, that is putting me on the back foot. Okay, and I, I'm going to fall back on that advice that I got from, from the Uketropolis podcast, which is if you're having trouble in your ukulele life and you're trying to play lyrically and it's not working, your first, your first response should be, can I play that note anywhere else? Well, as it turns out, I can find, just by sliding around until I find something that sounds the same, turns out I have a B-flat note also on the 6th fret of the neighboring string. This is what blows your mind if you're a pianist, right? You're like, what do you mean there's more than one way to play the same note? This is a real blessing and a curse. It's a curse because it can be confusing sometimes. Like on the piano, there's only one way to play that B-flat, and you always know it's going to be there for you. On the other hand, it is nice to find multiple paths through these musical problems that we might have. So it's a double-edged sword. I personally 
love the fact that on the ukulele we have more than one place to play every single note or nearly every single note. I think it does us more good than harm. So here I've found a B flat on the second string and it turns out if I go to that one, I'm right in the neighborhood of that D7 chord that I want to play next. I haven't gone in the opposite direction of the D7 chord that I want to play. I've gone toward that chord and now I'm right on top of it and I can switch onto that fifth fret bar chord without so much as a bump in the road. And I maintain that lyrical line that I'm so trying to preserve, that is so tenuous on the ukulele. I'm able to maintain that line just because I asked the simple question, can I play that pesky note anywhere else on the fretboard? The answer was yes, and it just so happened to land me much closer to the destination that I had in mind. On the high G uh, ukulele tuning, you also have another way of playing that B flat, which is on the third fret of the fourth string, the string closest to your face. That's also a possibility. Okay, I mean, that one kind of works because I'm able to slide up with the ring finger and then place the D7 chord. The whole point is, if you're having trouble, shake it up a little bit. And what I mean by shake it up a little bit is to ask that question. Could I play that note anywhere else? If the answer is yes, you might be on to something. Something good that'll take you a little bit closer to your destination. Okay, so that is what Deb and I have been working on this week. Um, she's a real trooper, and she's not letting a little hiccup in the lyrical melody trip her up for long, because she loves this sound. And the sound is worth it. The price of lyricism is a little more practice and a little bit of planning. But the benefits of going there, exploring beyond the fifth fret and pushing the ukulele to sing when it would rather dance the benefits of doing that are, are that it really opens up sort of a whole new musical area for you to explore. And that's a big part of what we do in the ukulele way, looking at these kinds of arrangements where we're not only juggling the rhythm and the melody and the chords all at once, but we're also doing that in these slower, more lyrical pieces, which really challenge you to make the ukulele sing. So... Uh, way to go, Deb. Thanks for the, not just question, but conversation. Thanks for sticking with it. And uh, I hope that also helps some of you out there who are listening to this and wondering how to get out of a little um, pickle on the fretboard. And hopefully that might jog you out of that, um, out of that spot. So thanks, Deb. And uh, you gone. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Eucatropolis podcast. I'll be back again next week with more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions. You may have heard that last week we launched a brand new course over at Eucatropolis. It's called Americana Ukulele. If you've ever wanted to play country, clawhammer, blues, bluegrass, or slide ukulele, it's all there in this new course. You can get two free lessons uh, just by going over to eucatropolis.com slash Americana. I think you're really going to love this course. I had a blast putting it together, and uh, I hope you'll check it out. Thanks so much again for tuning in, and until next week, keep on strumming.